tis the season for test prep. Whether we like it or not, it is among us, and by now, you may be exhausted. Your students are probably exhausted, but alas, the show must go on. Today's episode is going to share some ideas that you can use to give your students the break that they deserve. The school days are long, and for some, the school days are hard. Providing breaks is important, so I am diving into brain break ideas that you can get implemented in no time. Each idea is five minutes or less, so let's dive in. Welcome to The Literacy Dive, a podcast for teachers who want to take a deeper dive into all things reading and writing. I'm your host, Megan Polk. My number one passion is, you guessed it, all things literacy and supporting teachers like you. Join me each week to learn teacher tips and actionable step-by-step strategies to help you grow as an educator. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Welcome back to the Literacy Dive podcast. It is March, and I know that you have started or will be starting test prep really soon. There is no time like now to ensure that your students' brains are getting the breaks that they need. Now, I truly believe that brain breaks are good for the entire year, but kids' brains are working in overtime during this time of the year, which is test prep, so let's make sure that you are supporting them in this. From this episode, you can expect a few ideas under three main categories, movement, direction, and thinking. This will actually strengthen other aspects of learning too, and I'm going to share how. When it comes to brain breaks, the important question you may have is when do I do them? How do I know when to give my students a brain break? And my answer to this is to trust yourself and remember that you know your students best. When I think about all of the wasted minutes we do have within our super busy schedule, adding brain breaks into the school day made even more sense and became a priority. So how do we do this? Let's start with movement ideas. Now for movement games, these are going to be no prep games. So there's nothing that you need to really do outside of just getting it going and letting your students participate. The first thing that you can do under movement games are simple exercises. You can choose a number like 12 or 15 or 13, and you can select three to five students to choose a certain exercise. The whole group will pause whatever they're doing. They'll stand up sit down, if it's like a sit-up or something, and they will be able to do however many reps the number is that you chose. This is going to just allow them to stop what they're doing in their day and be able to take on these exercises, which is going to get their bodies moving, get the blood flowing, and then they can resume their work after that exercise or the series of exercises is complete. The next type of movement game that you can do is dancing to a song. Now, Kids Bop Kids is the go-to place for this. I have them on Apple Music, which I could stream through my computer, but you also can find different songs and the lyrics on YouTube. So whether it's the latest trends, whether it's holiday-specific songs, you can go there, find kids' songs, and you're going to have students and just let them dance. Now, some of your students are not going to want to dance, and that is completely okay. They can do a series of other exercises or other types of breathing activities that I'll talk about in a minute during that song, but a lot of your students are going to want to dance. So to do this, 
You are going to let them just start by dancing, but then you can make it really fun and interactive by saying, okay, dance slow. And the whole entire class is going to go on slow motion. Then you might call out super speed. They're going to start going really, 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 really fast. Then you might call out dance like a robot. And so they're going to do their best to impersonate a robot. You might call out something like be a ballerina, or you might even want to do freeze dance where you play the song and then you manually pause it and everyone in your class has to freeze. This song is only going to be a couple of minutes long, but it's going to let your kids get up. It's going to let them move around, have some enjoyment and fun within their day. And then when that song is over, they can resume to whatever task that you have next on your schedule. The next two are options that kids can do, especially if they don't want to dance, is going to be stretches or breathing activities. Stretches can be like yoga, basic stretches of just, you know, getting on your tiptoes, stretching your arms up high, touching your toes. And you're going to actually explain to them that this can be done any time in their school day as a brain break. So I like to tell my students that they get to be in control of their bodies and when their bodies need a break. And so the stretches and then the breathing activities are things that they can do any time of the day but it's just about teaching them what they are. So stretches are definitely something that you would want to teach and you would want to encourage that they do to self-monitor themselves. And then breathing. Along with the stretches, you're going to teach slow breaths and you're going to explain that this can be done as a brain break or even as a time just to calm down. It could also be before a time of stress, like if your kids have test anxiety. They can just take a few deep breaths, You can teach them the different routines. They also have YouTube videos that teach kids different breathing activities and exercises. And they will now know that they can do that as a way of self-calming themselves, whether it's situational or whether they just need a break. So when it comes to the movement and just other types of internal movement that's happening, exercises, dancing, stretches, and breathing are definitely brain breaks that you would want to teach your students and you would want to implement for your class to be able to have the break that they deserve. Now, in the second category, this is going to be for direction. And I just, I don't know, I just call them direction games. And these are also no prep. By direction games, I mean games like charades, follow the leader, Simon says, red light, green light. These all also involve movements, but they also require focus and attention. Kids' brains will definitely be shifted from the heavy, heavy content of reading and writing and math when they are focusing on directional games like these. So for these games, they're going to have to listen. They're going to have to watch. They're going to have to pay close attention to detail. And they're going to have to make sure that they are focused on whatever the person who's leading or whatever the directions are that's happening. They're also going to enjoy it because charades is just fun in general. And then following the leader, kids love to be able to follow and to be the leader. And then especially what Simon says in Red Light, Green Light, they are having to then pause and start their thinking to be able to match up with those games. So I like direction games because it involves the movement aspect, but it also involves the focus and attention. And then I like to tie it up in the end with how important it is to focus and pay attention to details whenever they're also working on their classwork. 
Now, underneath the thinking games, these are a little bit more of a low prep. I wouldn't necessarily say they're no prep because you might have to run a couple of copies or you might have to think of a couple of examples, but they are definitely low prep and something that you can do or your students can do with very, very little time. So I'm going to share four different ideas that I would consider thinking games that I've loved and that my students have loved And hopefully you can be able to encourage your students to take on these form of thinking game brain breaks, but also they all tie into different aspects of learning, which I love. When I can give you a break, but also increase your stamina, or I can be able to play on and enhance your ability, whether it's to reading or to writing, I'm going to do it. Now, the first activity is similar to what you might know as Boggle. This is going to focus on spelling and word building. They are going to create different words based on the letters that you give them. They can end up writing fun stories or sentences using those words that they found, or you can assign point values for finding three-letter words, four-letter words, or five or six-plus letter words. So with this one, you're going to give a series of letters. You might choose to only give five. You might choose to give eight. Maybe you want to give 10. But they're going to just maybe set the timer for 30 seconds or set it for 60 seconds and let them write down as many words as they can build with the letters that they were given. Once they have their words from here, you might want to give them another challenge. So maybe you give them another minute or maybe you give them two minutes at most to write a sentence that's using as many words that they found as they can. So they're only focusing on one sentence, or maybe you can have them, you know, write a short story or a paragraph if you want to give them maybe like three or four minutes additionally. But at the bare minimum, I like to tell them, okay, you found all these words. How many words can you put into just one sentence? And they are going to scramble and try to do this. Now, this is providing them with some form of a game. It's going to take away from what they're learning in content. But now they are writing sentences and they are building words and they are spelling. So they're also learning while doing this brain break. Again, I told you I love brain breaks that encourage writing. So it serves many purposes when you can do something like boggle. Now, this one, you can just write up letters on your board. You can put letters on index cards, project it for your students, and then they can be able to just do a quick brain break with whiteboard markers. I do have some differentiated boggle sheets. And so if you want to check those out, it's literally print and go. And kids can have that option to be able to find words and create stories, draw pictures. And it does make for a great break. So I will also put that into the show notes for you. Now, the second idea I'm going to share for these thinking games are guessing the word when using words. And so what I mean is that this is going to help with inferencing. It's going to help for you to model this first and let your students have a turn after. So how you're going to do this is you are going to think of a word. So maybe it is going to be the word lemon. So you're going to keep that word secret, but you're going to give your students a series of three words, one word at a time, which is going to serve as a clue. So I might say for the first clue, it is yellow. So kids are going to be able to write on their whiteboards. They can write down what they think my secret word is. 
Now, some kids might write down the actual word of a lemon, but others might say sun, or they might write down a banana. And so once I scan the room, if I don't see my answer, then I will actually say that, oh, those are really great guesses, but I don't see my answer. Now, if I do see my secret word, then I actually will let them know, wow, you all had some really great guesses, and I do see my secret word. If someone has something like they say, I don't know, grass, and we know that typically grass is green, you could actually use that as a learning opportunity to say, okay, well, let's think about grass. Is that, you know, the color yellow? And maybe they might come back and say, well, maybe it's dead and it's kind of hay and it's kind of like brownish. And so you can kind of get their thinking behind it. But if they call out something that really is not yellow, you can use that as a way to build their inferencing skills so that it's like, well, my cleave is yellow, so this can't possibly be the best choice for my word. So then you would go to the second clue, and maybe you would say, it's something that you can eat. So again, it's going to narrow down what is yellow and what is something that you can eat. And if nobody gets it, then my last clue would be, it's really sour. And by that point, a lot of kids are going to be scrambling and they're going to say like, oh, it's a lemon. And so you can have a lot of fun with this one. Again, I love using it for a very, very basic level of inferencing, but it's really enjoyable for kids. And I move from broad examples down to specific I will typically start with easy ones like that, and then I will start making it a little bit more challenging and a little bit more tricky. And then once you have done this a while, once you've modeled it and kids understand how it works, you can definitely let your kids be in control and give that brain break to their other friends. So similar to this, I also like doing guess the word, but this time it's going to be with spelling. And this is a little bit like hangman, but I do not like to say or do hangman just because of the connotation, but I will draw pictures of like animals or a food and I'll let them know I'm going to draw this animal and the amount of chances you have is when that animal gets drawn. So here you're going to write out the secret word that you have and you're going to just do the little underlines based on how many letters are in that word. You are then going to have students call out a letter, and you are going to fill in the letters if that letter is in the word, and if it's not, you're going to write the letter up top somewhere, and then you're going to draw a portion of that animal or that food or whatever the picture is that you want to draw. You're going to be able to give kids a general clue to that overall category. So that is helpful when it comes time for guessing the word, if they kind of can think about the category that it can fall within. And it's really, really enjoyable for kids. So you're going to see them being able to work together as a team, but this is also helping with spelling. And then you can take it a step farther. After they guess the word, you can have them orally turn and talk to a student and you can say, you know, use that word in a sentence or share an opinion of that word. Give one fact about that word or whatever you want to tie into it. So it's allowing them to still talk to other people, but they're also working on different skills within that game. Now, one of my favorite things to do, it's no surprise because I love writing, is finish the story. My students love this. And whenever I do this brain break, I will actually just in the middle of nowhere, just start writing up the story starter on an index card, on a sticky note, on the whiteboard. 
And then kids know that it's time to finish that story. They love it. They know that they can stop what they're doing. They can engage themselves in this finish the story activity. And it's just magical of what can happen from here. So with this, you're going to have an interesting story starter and kids can finish it orally. They can finish it in writing or they can finish it drawing a picture. And I really just allow whatever to happen during this time. So some examples that you could write, what was that noise? I crept down the stairs and, and then I have an ellipsis, and then they will have to finish the story. Another example is, I couldn't believe my eyes, dot, 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 and they have to finish the story. Another one that you could do is, I held my breath and started to count down, three, two, one, and after that ellipsis, they are going to fill in whatever the rest of that story is. So this is really enjoyable. It does incorporate writing. For this one, I do try to give, you know, on the greater side of four to five minutes. But for the other ones, they will take five minutes or less. So I've talked about movement games like exercises, dances, stretching, and breathing. And then direction games like charades, follow the leader, Simon Says, red light, green light. And then these thinking games like boggle writing, or guessing the words when given other clue words, guessing the word with having to spell it, and then also finishing the story. But there is one more, I guess, bonus idea that I want to share for a brain break, and this is completely no prep to you. Now, in upper elementary, there is no time for drawing and crafts, but kids truly do love to draw, and this type of brain break gives them a creative outlet to do just that. So this is going to be directed drawings. My favorite place to go is Art for Kids Hub on YouTube, and there are a variety of different types of directed drawings, whether it's just random pictures of things, and they also have seasonal and holiday different drawings as well. So this is really, really fun because kids are having to follow directions and ultimately complete a drawing of a certain idea. So for this one, you can take it a step farther, and after they are done with their drawing, you can have them relist the steps that they had to take to draw it, so practicing procedural writing. You could also have them just write three sentences describing what that picture looks like. You could also just have them write one or two sentences about whatever that picture is of. So you can definitely add in some of the written components, but because it's connected to drawing, the kids are not going to see it as writer's workshop or having to write paragraphs and write essays and they're starting to kind of feel anxious. They're going to be very excited because it's about something that they just drew. Something very simple is you could also, if it's a picture of like an animal or something that could be like a character, you could also just have them give your character a name, give your animal a name, tell me where does it live, what does it like to eat, and what does it like to do for fun. So here, they are still practicing their writing, but it's in a more creative way connected to that directed drawing. So again, it is Art for Kids Hub on YouTube. It is free. They have a variety of kid-friendly directed drawings, and it's no prep to you. And actually, I would encourage you to take out your paper and your pencil and do this along with your students. All of these brain breaks that I'm mentioning, I love to do alongside them because we all know that hashtag teacher tired, we all need a break. 
Now, wrapping this up, transitions are a great starting point for adding brain breaks into your daily routine. Since you only need two to five minutes to do these, your transitional times are a great place to insert these brain breaks and your students will be ready for the next part of your daily schedule. If you can't remember to take brain breaks, set an alarm. Be intentional with this practice. Tell your students. They are not going to forget and they can be really helpful with remembering when it's time to take a break. So for instance, if you want to say, after we're done with Writer's Workshop, we're going to have a brain break, your kids are going to remind you. So have those discussions, figure out where is the best place or what's the best time that your kids really could use that break, and then intentionally place it into your schedule. You can also place the brain break tasks or options into a cup or a jar with the tasks written on popsicle sticks or on slips of paper. Then the brain breaks can be pulled at random and it provides so much fun because your students really do not know what is going to be coming next for them, but they just know that they have a really fun and engaging interactive break coming and they're going to love it. I also have some brain break slides that you might want to check out. Whether you use PowerPoint or Google Slides, these would totally work for you. There are a variety of brain breaks that are already linked into that document, and I love letting students create new brain break options, and it's super easy to add those ideas into these existing slides. So no matter what method you choose, make it a point to provide these meaningful breaks for yourself and for your students. Now, next week, I have a special treat for you. I have an expert coming onto the show to chat about classroom management hacks. Now, around this time of year, structures can get a little loose, so my guest is going to dive into seven hacks that are easy to implement and will for sure change the game with your management. So be sure to come back next Monday to hear that amazing episode. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Come hang out with me over on Instagram at The Literacy Dive. I would love to hear from you in my DMs. If you are enjoying this podcast, be sure to hit that follow button and share this with a friend. I'll catch you in the next episode.